The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Nathan. And this is Charlie. We're your host for today. And before we dig into today's episode, which I think you're going to love, we just want to request something from you as our listeners. We want the word to spread. We want more people to hear about the Fuel for the Harvest podcast and to be impacted and equipped to get out into the harvest. So uh, the algorithms matter. So if you would, if you're subscribed to us on Spotify or Apple or other, would you unsubscribe and then resubscribe you can do it once a week or whenever you go on to listen it actually increases the algorithm to spread the word more for more people to say hey what's this podcast and check it out just simply hit unsubscribe and then subscribe again and it's not the amount of people that are total subscribed that matters in the algorithm but those who are subscribing per week even if it's a resubscribe yeah so we really appreciate you being willing to help us out also, uh, on this week's episode of Fuel for the Harvest, we're going to be sharing some, uh, uh, it's more of a unique episode. Um, what you're about to listen to or watch if you're on YouTube is a graduation ceremony for our Surge students. Surge is a program, one of the um, discipleship programs that we run here at Forge. And uh, this is their commissioning. This is after they've hung out with us for 18 days, they, they share what God has done in their life. And uh, we're really excited that you get to hear about it. If you want to check out more about what Surge is, go to surge-forward.com. You can check it out there. If you're like, hey, uh, I'm not a high school student, but I'm interested in checking out other discipleship trainings, you can go to forgeforward.org and click equipping and you'll find everything there. Uh, These students... They did radical things for Jesus in this training. They led eight people to Christ. It was incredible. They went into uh, Muslim Somali marketplaces to share the gospel, and that's just a few things. I think you're going to love what they have to say. And they went back home commissioned, fired up to share Jesus with their friends, with their communities, carrying God's heart and burden for the nations and for the unreached. And that's just a taste of what you're about to hear. Uh, You'll hear them sharing testimonies. You'll hear a commissioning message Uh, on obeying Jesus, and you'll see them commissioned and sent out. I believe you're going to be encouraged by watching this message. Well, uh, I'm so excited that we could start our time off praising Jesus, focusing our eyes on Him. He's the one that makes any of this possible. He's the one that causes any transformation of the stories you're about to hear, and uh, He's the one we've been telling your students to fix their eyes on, not us. Not anyone else in this world, but on Jesus. And they've continued to do that again and again. And we believe they'll continue to do that as they move forward in the rest of their lives. Uh, Man, if you hear a joyful song in the house, that would be my wife, Dara. She's the best lady here. No offense to anybody else. Uh, I think she's the best one in the room. If you hear a joyful noise in the room, that's my daughter, Adelaide, over there somewhere. Hey, how you doing, Adelaide? Hi. So she likes to make joyful noises. Uh, we're, I don't know where she got that from, uh, but it somehow came in our DNA. And uh, 
I'm going to invite up our surge leaders, uh, the surge leadership team, if you guys want to come on up, all four of you. Uh, and they, yeah. Really much of the impact that has happened throughout the last two weeks in these 10 student lives has been because of Jesus in each one of these four leaders investing in them day after day, hour after hour, saying, hey, listen, look what Jesus is up to. And, and I've watched the transformation from day one until today, the increased joy, the increased peace, the increased purpose and calling and all in for Jesus and all in to bring his hope to every person on this planet. That is the kind of thing and the kind of things that God has been up to in each one of these 10 lives, much because of these leaders right here. And so we want each of them to just share a few minutes of what they've witnessed, what they've seen God do in each life. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about everything that the Lord is doing. I, I'm amazed at how he's taken 10 ordinary people, 10 ordinary students, and he's transformed them into world changers, in my opinion. Uh, in my mind, as I've been processing the events over the last couple weeks, uh, it's almost like there's like little uh, sparks being lit, almost like little fires being lit everywhere that they step foot. Fires for the Lord. Things are going to be different, I believe, in this world for a long, long time because of the impact that these 10 are going to have. It's been amazing to watch as God has taken timid people and given them courage. He's taken people without peace and given them peace. He's taken joyless people and given them joy. God is on the move, and uh, it's been amazing to watch him at work. Thanks, Ethan. Um, my name is Michaela. I'm from actually South Carolina, so I get to come all the way out here just to spend the last couple of weeks with these students, and it has been an absolute blessing. The students don't always call me Michaela. They actually call me Miss Frizzle because yeah. they say I drive a magic school bus to take them on different <laughs> adventures. So that's kind of been my role, both uh, logistically, but also pouring into the lives of these students and seeing them be transformed. Something uh, that I take from scripture from these students that you have continued to step into is walking in the light. You came in here uh, not knowing that there was a ton of darkness uh, in this world, but also in worlds that you live in and even in your own heart. And so 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship one with one another, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us of all sin. And so what you have found uh, over the last two weeks is what it means to walk in the light and have deep community and fellowship with one another and then go out and share that with the world. You don't want others to live in darkness either. And I see that passion growing inside of each and every one of you. And then you've experienced the blood of Jesus cleansing you um, and purifying you for the work that he has for you to do in the world. So keep walking in the light uh, and casting out the darkness and teaching others to do the same because that's the fellowship and the cleansing that the Lord wants us to have. And so th they have taken hold of this verse and ran with it, and they went for the rest of the world, their families, their churches, their homes, everywhere that they go. And so I'm super proud and honored to be your Miss Frizzle. So yeah. thank you guys for that. Hi, I'm Joanna, and okay, I will come this way. <laughs> It has been an absolute pleasure watching the Holy Spirit move among this team. I watched the quiet stand up and have a voice and you natural leaders take that humble step back and really learn what it means to be a follower. And that's so important. Each one of you guys are so different, 
but you all came together and furthered the kingdom, and I am so proud of you guys. So, my name is Silas, and, uh, you know, it's just wow. Like, I was a part of the Surge 2017 team, and that changed my life. And I was asked to come out and be part of the leadership team for this year, and I'm so glad I said yes. Because being a part of each and every one of your lives has impacted my life and has encouraged me. And it's just it's so cool to just see you guys, the fire that you guys have, and oh. I just, I don't know how to say it, like, comparing you guys to who you were day one and who you are now, can't do it. It's like apples and oranges, like, honestly. It's crazy. So it's so cool and encouraging to see how you guys have changed, grown, how you guys have these personal relationships with Christ. I'm so excited to see how you're going to go and change the world, because I believe each and every one of you are going to go back home, you're going to start your own thing, and you're going to change the world. And that's just so cool to me. It's just, ah, it's so cool. So I'm very grateful and thankful that I got to be a part of your lives and um, part of this experience. And I just hope that you guys keep going forward to make more kingdom laborers. So it's cool. Uh, of these four leaders, um, Nathan is one of our Forge speakers and as well as a full-time staff member here helping the mission move forward. Michaela's one of our... Uh, Forge Firebrand speakers in training. Uh, she graduates in September, so we're really excited for her and all that God is doing. Silas is an alumni of Surge four years ago, and he's actually interning as a part of the Forge staff team this entire year. And uh, Joanna is also an alumni of the Surge program and has continued to come back multiple years in a row to invest in the next generation, the next lives. And uh, man, what a pure joy. So now I know this is really the moment you all have been waiting for. Come on, stop talking, guys. We want to hear from our kids. So uh, we're going to allow them space, each one, to share what God has done in their life from their own lips and uh, share their hearts with you. And so each one's going to come up and say, hey, here's what Jesus did in my life, or here's what he's up to. So Cole, you're first, man. So hi, my name's Cole. I'm from Florida. Um, so throughout this trip, I've really found out that God has like been working in me, even though I don't really see it. Um, he's told me to like quiet down and listen. So I feel like throughout this trip, I've really surrendered a lot of things that, that needed to be surrendered. And I just wasn't really, really willing to do. Um, God has really transformed me. I finally feel like I finally find my calling in his kingdom and I'm really excited to expand it throughout Florida. Amen. <laughs> Elliot. Um, I'm Elliot. I got it on my little name tag here, and uh, I'm from Michigan, and God's been showing me how to lead, and he's just, he's been showing me how to forgive people, and I've been called to be a seeking defender of the kingdom and the truth. I got it on a sign back there, and uh, yeah, he's just shown me so much, you know, he's given me a nice, powerful team here, and I'm gonna, you know, keep evangelizing. I pronounced that right, but yeah. Amen. Awesome. All right, Fallon. Okay, hi, I'm Fallon. 
Um, I'm from here, actually. Uh, Surge has blessed me a lot throughout these two weeks. Um, one of the things that Jesus really showed me, though, was my calling and my purpose in life. Um, I have the gift of evangelizing, and I actually got the opportunity to um, lead five people to Christ throughout the two weeks. And so, yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah, my overall calling, though, is to go across seas to all nations and lead people to Christ who don't even get the chance to hear about him. So I'm just super excited to see how I do that with my current life, and I'm excited for all of my other people years to do the same. Nathan, otherwise known as Pav. Yeah, because there's two Nathans. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I am. <laughs> so, this has just been a really amazing experience, and um, I've seen a lot of different things through them, but I've seen a lot of different things through me, too. Like, uh, God has definitely changed me and shown me that it's not just about talking to people. It's about getting to know them. It's about sharing God with them in a personal way that helps them understand better. And that's what Serge has taught me to do here. Awesome. <laughs> Ivy. Yes. My name is Ivy. I'm from Northern Michigan. Um, throughout this experience, I really uh, connected with God a lot more than I have ever connected with God. Um, he's changed me um, by teaching me to trust Him, trust others, listen to Him, and um, just be myself. Um, after surge, I feel. <laughs> Serge, I'm being called to go and serve at my church at the youth group and help other students the way leaders have impacted my life. Sarah. Yeah, you know, everyone, I'm Sarah. I'm from here. Um, so, um, you know, just coming in, I had a lot of darkness, and I was just, you know, just a bud of flower, and Jesus definitely has gave me this light, and just this blooming and growing I'm going through and just throughout this surge has taught me to spread the lightness um, and just, you know, spread the joy of God, especially my name is Beekeeper. And so definitely for the people who sting. So like the people that, you know, people don't like bees, they swat them away. So I want to definitely reach out to the people that, you know, the lost people that people don't really want to, you know, be encouraged to. And, and you know, for the last time, for the last time, Amen. Nick. Yes, my name is Nick. Um, so I'm from northern Michigan, um, and when I decided to come here, um, I was very unsure of what I needed to do in the future. Um, I just graduated high school and didn't really have any plans for anything. Um, and I found about this out about this uh, two weeks before it started. Um, and just decided to jump in uh, and see what God had for me. Um, I think the biggest thing I took away from this um, was just a deepened intimacy with God. And out of that flows everything else um, in my life. Um, there was a time where um, we were out in the woods um, and we were given alone time with God. Um, and I was just praying, asking God um, what he wanted from me. Um, and I heard him tell me that um, he loves it when I worship him. Um, I enjoy singing and, and worshiping um, with my voice. Um, but he asked me to worship him with my whole life, um, and that's not something that um, I've been doing. Uh, Romans 12:1 says, uh, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Um, and out of that, um, I've just, through, through prayer um, and asking God um, what he wants for my next steps, 
Um, I've gained a clear calling um, just for youth um, and for sharing the gospel uh, with God's global family um, so that one day at the renewal of all things, um, there will be many people there who um, I brought with me. So. Kendall. Hi. My name is Kendall. Sorry, that's really loud. Um, I think that I can speak for this whole team and all the leaders that God has moved in so many different ways. And um, I'm going to try not to cry. I've cried a lot on this trip. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to share a little bit about how I really saw God on this trip in my first, like, God moment. Um, so when we were out on detour, we went through a little fear walk, and I... Going into it, I was like, you know what? This is going to be a piece of cake. How bad can a fear walk be? I mean, we just have to follow through a path in the dark. You know, it is what it is, whatever. So um, before we were sent out, Charlie had mentioned and um, made a reference from a verse. Um, it's 1 John 4.18, and it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment, the one who fears is not made in perfect love. So as I went out there through walking through that path, I was like, you know, this is going to be easy. But immediately as I stepped out there, I was like, you know, this is, I'm feeling it. I'm a little nervous, you know. And um, we had glow sticks going through there, but, you know, it's not that helpful in the pitch black dark in the middle of the woods, you know. So um, as I was walking through, I just started to pray this like anxious prayer, just asking God, like, God, what do I even do? I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through this. But then immediately I just felt God and I heard him just say, Kendall, you, you, I have this. You know, I will guide you through this. And immediately I just kept repeating in my head, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And immediately I felt my glow stick, you know, my hand just slowly was just you know, going down to the side, my side, and I didn't even need it, you know, God just took me through that path in the pitch black dark, you know, so it was just, that was, you know, my God moment, and I just knew that I could just really trust God, and, um, you know, I'm so glad that I was able to see that, especially towards the beginning, because I took that and just ran and just moved on from there. So I'm very thankful for my whole team and all the leaders and everyone who has helped me get here. So yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Jonathan Bateman. And the biggest lesson that Serge has taught me is the idea of creative storytelling and how impactful it can be. And I think it's crazy because today I have my great grandfather here, one of the greatest storytellers I've heard. Um, so my first, my three points, yeah. So my three points um, about creative storytelling and how it can preach the gospel and spread it is basically um, God showing me that storytelling is synonymous with humanity. So as humans, we tell stories to impact people and transfer information. And I didn't believe that my story had any worth or value to it. So talking to someone, I didn't think that I had anything to offer. So God was showing me how humanity, he created humanity with purpose, and that purpose is transferred by telling different stories. And the second point is living, a, like living your life like it is a story. Because when Jesus came down, he lived out the scriptures that prophesied prior to that. So they were all stories being told in Joel, Habakkuk, Haggai. He fulfilled those as, like, by the way that he walked, out, walked it out. 
Um, and he also fulfilled those prophecies too. And then my last point is how to evangelize and use your story to reach other people. That's been like one of the biggest points for me is how do I use my experience as like a black Christian in the United States as a way to reach different people and bridge um, generations and gaps? Because a couple years ago, my mom actually had a vision about me uniting black and white people together um, through the gospel. And I've had that opportunity on this trip to really do that. And God has just transformed my heart in regards to how do you turn hate into love? And how do you comfort those who may feel ostracized or guilt, guilty when you bring up certain past sins of a country or of a nation? So that's just what God has done in my life. Elsie. Hi. Hi, my name is Elsie. Um, I'm from Nebraska. And um, <laughs> going into this, I was kind of like in this position of like, a bold natural leader, like I speak a lot, I know how to do things, but um, but then it, we were, we saw what it looked like to let other people lead. Um, in Detour, we had two leaders leading over us, and at first I was like, okay, this is really hard, I don't know what to do, this is a new situation, um, but then like, I just kind of was realizing like, letting myself be led actually helps me see more, um, and letting my name not be like defined by like if I'm at the top or if I'm in the front, but by what God is doing through me um, was something that was really cool and something that was I got to learn a lot about and see and just let go of my pride um, and just start following in humility. And that's really what God taught me a lot about. And so um, he's beginning a new work, a good work in all of us. And I just want to leave you with Philippians 1, 6 through 8 which says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I just love every single person on this team so deeply. And we're going into something new but we're going in with the good work that started in us. So I love you all. And that's what God did. Amen. Man, it's just, I get so fired up just hearing what Jesus is doing in each and every life. And as Elsie just said, he who began a good work will bring it to completion. Jesus began it. He'll end it. And he'll be with you in the meantime, in the middle of it, as you launch forward into all that God has for every single one of you. I want to share a few words with us uh, that I think apply to everyone in this room, but even more so in particular to each one of you 10 who have gone through surge as you launch back home. And by the way, if you heard the word detour, what is detour? Everybody's saying detour. What, like, why would you want to detour my kids? Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, they went through some camping and intense team building to say, hey, will you be a team? Will you love Jesus? Will you love each other even when it's not easy, even when it gets difficult, when your teammates messing up the team building activity? Come on, man, we got to get it done. It's, are you going to still put others before yourself even in those moments, or are you going to be detoured from God's plan? And they engaged it incredibly, and God showed up day after day, minute after minute during those days. 
And uh, they can share more about that with you. After we wrap up here and we have lunch together, I'm sure they'll be happy to share all sorts of fun stories. Uh, But let me pray. Lord, I just want to praise you for every testimony, every story that was just shared of your goodness and your power in their lives. It doesn't point to us. We can't do that. We can't manufacture anything even if we want to. That points to you, what your spirit is doing in each person. And I pray that it wouldn't stop here, it wouldn't stop with them, but that it would multiply in their homes, in their communities, in their churches, and around the world, Lord, that you would do more than we could even ask or imagine. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want us to look at Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 this morning. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you have a smartphone, you can turn there. I'll be reading it as well. Uh, But go ahead, Mark chapter 1. I want to ask you, I'm sure you've all had a moment when urgency or immediacy really mattered. You ever a moment when you're like, you have to act immediately. Urgency matters so much. Maybe it's when you were driving down the highway to get here and somebody swerved into the wrong lane. And if you didn't act immediately, a car crash was going to happen. You had to immediately swerve out of the way. Or maybe for some of you students, it's when the class bell rang and you knew if you didn't get to class immediately, there were going to be consequences. Uh, For those of you who are parents, my daughter is now about 11 months old or coming up on one year. And uh, you know there's those different types of screams. The scream that I'm hungry and I'm not happy. Okay, we'll get to you. Don't worry. And then the scream that's like, oh, no, did she just die when she fell over? What happened? That's a bad scream. I better get there this very second immediately. Or maybe some of you have run a race before. And you know that when you're on the starting line, as soon as that gunshot goes off or as soon as that bell rings, you need to immediately get started because that beginning matters massively for the rest of the race. If you're in a sport like wrestling, you know immediately matters when your opponent's coming up to the mat. And as soon as the referee says go, that guy's going to be coming after you and you better be able to act immediately. My dog thinks that the doorbell is immediate or urgent. I don't like to think so. I take my time. My dog is like, oh, open the door, open the door, open the door. I'm like, come on, calm down. I'll open it eventually. Uh, We've all had moments of immediacy or urgency. There's been a few in my life uh, that have really mattered. Uh, This one time I was in the bush of East Africa. I've been able to travel to about 20 countries by God's plan, just launching me out different places with the hope to start disciple-making and unreached people groups. People have never heard of Jesus before. And so he launched my friend and I into a group called the Hadzabe in East Africa. They speak an isolated click language. It sounds like Oshote, Yesu, Haine, Ikwi, Biena. They live in these grass huts made out of sticks and grass. They're little domes, and they hunt with poison bows and arrows. I mean, these are incredible people. I have a blast there feel right at home sometimes. So uh, we're trying to launch disciple making among them. And um, we're going out from place to place. And we were teaching this guy in his hut one evening, which was about a 15 minute walk from our tent where we were camping. And so we left our tent. We went and taught him the Bible for about an hour and then it was dark. And so in the dark, we were on our way back to our camp. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if we could be heroes? I don't know, I shouldn't think that way, but I thought, what if we could kill one of these little animals and bring it back for the village and we'll feast tonight and they'll think we're amazing. Maybe they'll listen to us. So we had these clubs and these bows and arrows and we were walking back from our tent or back from this hut back to our tent and we'd shine our flashlights at all the eyeballs of all the animals around us. And most of the time they would and scatter all around us and they would run away. But then there was this one big eyeball in a bush. I said, I wonder what that is. 
And um, so I started to approach it. It was probably from about here to the back door. And I know you all know this. I'm not that smart. So um, I thought, man, it's not moving. Maybe we have a good chance here. And uh, so we kept walking. And as I got closer, I thought, that eyeball, it really looks kind of big. I wonder what that is. So we kept walking. And then all of a sudden, we heard this sound that startles me t- still to this day. And it was, <laughs> look back, and our partner, Mariamu, uh, this small bush woman, she comes up to about here. Now, I know I'm a really tall guy, but she comes up to about right here, and she's booking it the other way. She says, you guys, that is the lion. You better run. <laughs> I said, no. So I started running. I said, just as long as I can run faster than Nathan, I'll be good. And uh, <laughs> we started running back to camp. I, I, I was shaking in fear. Start the fire. Jesus, protect us. Help us. And uh, I'm telling you in that moment, running really mattered. Urgency, immediacy, it mattered so much. Um, by the way, there's this book called Mud Runner. There's lots of stories <laughs> like that in uh, Mud Runner. If you want to hear, uh, if you want to hear about Jesus' work all around the world and uh, what it looks like to become a laborer, people have been asking, "Man, we want the Jesus stories from around the world." They're all in this book. You can ask us later. It's on Amazon. And uh, man, running really mattered. I could tell you more stories when immediacy mattered, when urgency mattered, and and I begin to think when does urgency or immediacy matter to Jesus? When did it matter to him and to his followers? Let's look at Mark chapter 1 to see, verse 16 to 20. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately. And going on a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets, and immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat and with the hired servants and followed him. So we see Jesus' disciples following Jesus eventually, right? When they got around to it, when they felt like it, when everything was in its place, they say, yeah, I'll, I'll come with Jesus and do what he wants. Immediately they followed Jesus urgency in this moment really mattered now when i started reading this in the book of mark i started noticing why why is this word so often in mark immediately this happened immediately this happened immediately this happened i'm like slow down mark i get it okay you gotta want to do things fast i'm a fast guy i kind of like things to be done like this and i struggle with impatience sometimes so please forgive me but uh it's like i like mark man immediately this immediately that immediately there immediately here This word immediately is 59 times in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and on to Revelation. 59 times. 41 of those times are in the book of Mark. 41. That's overwhelming. Uh, This word immediately is 15 times more likely to be found in the book of Mark than the other Gospels. Matthew, Luke, and John. It's like, what? Really? Why? I began to see this. I started asking, why this word? Why in the book of Mark? Now, what does this word mean? Any ideas? <laughs> it means immediately, at once, right away, right now. Uh, it also can mean a straight or level path. In old language, the word was translated straight way. It kind of has this connotation of right now and the right direction, immediately. I knew which direction to run when the lion was there, and I knew when to run. <laughs> right now, right that way. 
right path at the right moment. It's like I think of uh, some of you students probably didn't encounter this as much as I did because you're way kinder than I am and obedient. Um, I remember being up in my room growing up, and my mom was like, get down to the kitchen now. Now, she wasn't unkind. I just was so rebellious that she had to say it like that. And I knew when she said that it was the right choice and it was the right time. I better get down there or bad things are going to happen to me. I don't, I don't want to get consequences. I better get there. It was the right path at the right time. So, great, that's what the word means. Why is it so important to Mark? Why, why this immediacy? Why this urgency, Mark? What, why are you writing this in, in this gospel time and time and time again? I believe we have to journey through Mark's story to understand why he wrote this into the book of Mark. I wrestled with this for so long, wondering what's the importance of this word to Mark. If you go through the story of this guy named John Mark through the book of Acts, he went with Paul and Barnabas on mission. Paul and Barnabas were called out to travel from place to place preaching the gospel, and it says they took John Mark with them. It's like, all right, John Mark's going to come on mission. This is going to be exciting. But then in chapter 13, verse 13, it says that John Mark deserted them. What? He signed up for the mission, and then all of a sudden he said, ah, I'm out, guys, I'm going back home. Now, we don't know why he went home. Maybe he feared the persecution to come. Maybe he saw the dangers. Maybe he realized this isn't as comfortable as I thought it was going to be. We're going from place to place. It's different food, different people. I'm outside my home. Maybe he got news of something going wrong back home. Whatever it was, he deserted. And then later in the book of Acts, chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas are getting ready to go out again. And Barnabas says, hey, why don't we bring John Mark again? (laughs) Paul says, no way. Are you kidding me? He deserted the mission. He ain't coming with us. No way. John Mark can't come with us. That's ridiculous. He'll desert us again. And I imagine Paul saying, because I've been out on the mission field, I've encountered things like this. I imagine Paul saying, no way, man. How is it going to look to those people we're trying to reach with the gospel when John Mark's running in fear? They're going to think this ain't worth it. No, we're not bringing him. So Paul and Barnabas split. Paul took Silas. Hey, Silas, where you at, man? Uh, I hope you come with me one day. My name's not Paul, but you're welcome to come. Uh, Paul took Silas, and Barnabas took John Mark, and they both went their separate ways, still on mission, but Barnabas believed John Mark still had a chance. Paul thought, you're going to mess up the mission. So many times people give Paul the bad name. I think they were both right. They were just had different motives, different views at that time. One said John Mark's life mattered, which it did. Paul said the mission matters, and those lost people do. They matter, which they do. Both had their motives in that moment. But then later, this verse is fascinating. Paul, so many years later, he's in prison. He's suffering for the gospel, in chains for proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And guess what he says? He says, listen to this, 2 Timothy 4.11. Hey, bring John Mark to me, for he's very helpful to me. I almost hear Paul saying, bring him immediately to me. I wonder what happened. Now, I don't think Paul changed his mind and just John Mark did whatever he did. I think, this is my theory, I think that John Mark's life was radically transformed when he came back with Barnabas and he learned, listen guys, this mission, it matters so much. It demands urgency. It demands immediacy. We must obey Jesus no matter the cost to our lives, no matter the people, no matter the place, no matter the cost. We must be all in for Jesus no matter where he leads us. It matters. I'm believing that John Mark learned this lesson 
And Paul also grew in grace saying, yeah, he still has a purpose, but he learned his lesson. He's very useful for me now, and he's very useful for this mission. Bring him along. I believe John Mark initially ran from his mission and ran from his purpose, much like Jonah. Although the end of Jonah's life, he didn't learn his lesson, at least we don't know of. John Mark, I believe, did learn his lesson. He learned that the righteous are as bold as a lion. They can, they can stare darkness straight in the face and keep going, keep going immediately. Urgency because these people matter, because Jesus said so, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. He realized there's a priority and an urgency to the mission of Jesus for the lost, dying world all around us. There's this missionary named C.T. Studd, and I think he's kind of a stud personally. I think his name is reflective of his character uh, he had given his life in the 1800s for mission in China, mission in India. He came back to England, and he was a 50-some-year-old man, kind of sickly, with no money. And then he saw this sign walking down the streets of England. It says, cannibals want missionaries. <laughs> Who puts that kind of sign up? I don't know. I kind of want to put one out sometime. Anyway, uh, he sees this sign. He says, I'm going there. I'm, Who says that? He says, I'm going to those people. They need the hope of Christ. And everybody said, dude, you're crazy. Don't go. You can't do this. He said, no, I'm going. They said, you're sick. You're going to die within days of disease. Disease is rampant right now. So that's fine. They said, you have no money. How is God going to provide? You're, you're too old. You don't have a place anymore. CT stud, you can't do it. And he said, you know what? God's calling is sure. I'm going to go. He left his money. He left his retirement. He left his inheritance. He left his home and his comfort, and he said, the call of God is sure. These people are worth it. Jesus is worthy of it. I'm going. I'm going to obey. Sometimes we might have to leave some things behind to embrace the call that God has for us, to immediately obey and say yes to Jesus. Sometimes we have to say no to some other things in our life. You surge students have been saying no to some things, to say yes to other things that Jesus has for you. Look at these disciples. It says they left their boats they left their nets they laid these things down and said the call of god is worth it i'm all in i'll go right now and i will get after it ct stud story is in this book it's my turn some of you parents have received a copy as a gift others are on the back table you can snag one this book is packed full of people who labored for jesus and gave their lives for the gospel lives that mattered hearts on fire lives on purpose for jesus radical people like C.T. Studd, who lived radical lives, but in reality, they were ordinary, just like us. Yet they said yes to Jesus, which is what truly mattered. In the Revolutionary War, there were these soldiers called Minutemen. And they would be a local militia ready to fight within 60 seconds. If they got word that the enemy was coming, they would be up, out of bed, dressed in their uniform, weapon in hand, out the door, ready to fight within 60 seconds. I begin to think, what if, what if we became minute men and minute women for Jesus? He says, hey, you see that person over there? They need love. They need you to pray for them. They need you to share your testimony of what I've done in your life. And what if within 60 seconds you said, yes, sir, I will go. What if you lived the rest of your life that way? On Surge, you've been practicing. You've been learning. You've been growing in that. Will you keep saying yes to Jesus no matter what it takes? Day after day, no matter where you go, will you continue 
to say yes with reckless abandon like C.T. Studd did, like these disciples did. And I have to ask the question, though, maybe we ask the question, maybe not today, but maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year when difficulty comes, we'll ask, is it really worth it? Why, why would I give my immediate obedience? Does it really deserve this mission, such reckless abandon? I think sometimes we cringe at the word obedience and obey. Well, I'm, a, I'm an American, and I'm in a free country. Don't you tell me what to do. I do what I want. And maybe some of us say that, but not, maybe not many of us in this room, but maybe many of us in this room say, I'll do it later. Yeah, that's a good idea, Lord, uh, but I'm pretty busy today. Uh, well, I'll give like you're asking me to give my money, but I'm not really stable right now. I'll do it when I have a more secure job. When I've got more funds in the bank, then, then I'll give to your cause. Or, well, well, Lord, I'll, I'll share Jesus with this person in front of me once I've built a relationship for a lot of years and I know that they're not going to, I'm comfortable sharing with them. Th- then I'll share with them some years down the road, but not, not today. No, man, we, we cringe at obedience sometimes. We push it, we push away from it. We say, Lord, I don't want to obey. And immediately, like, I'm tired right now. I don't want to talk to that person or I don't want to get up early to pray. I'm not going to be ready for my day if I don't get enough sleep. That extra 20 minutes is going to matter, Lord. What if our obedience to Jesus was the key to complete joy, complete satisfaction, the key to discovering our life purpose and living a life that counts? Man, I believe it is. Jesus said to his disciples, come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. He, I can almost hear Jesus saying, come with me. We're going to change the world. I'm going to give your life the greatest purpose it's ever had. We're going to get after it together. Leave behind all these things that will never satisfy you, that will never give you joy, and let's do this adventure together. You just got to say yes to me. Will you say yes now, and will you say yes later? Because look at the needs of the world. There's too many needs. There's too many people without hope. I've traveled the world. I've seen it from place to place in restricted countries. I remember traveling on a bus, looking at all the faces of all the people, hopeless, one after the other, in a place where almost no missionaries can even enter. I remember thinking, Lord, probably every one of these faces has never heard about you. They maybe never will before they die. Would you send people here? Would you send laborers here? Lord, send people. I remember walking through red light districts in Asia, women lined up on the sides of the street just waiting for their next customer, one after the other after the other, just gut-wrenching sickness in my stomach, this burden. Lord, would you send laborers even to these places to help these people? Would you set them free? I've seen this all over the world, but I've also seen it right here near us. I believe modern-day high schools are some of the darkest places on the planet, spiritually speaking. How much suicide and depression is rising. We need people like you to get in there with the light of Christ and get after it. I remember walking into a gas station, and there was a woman. There's an adjacent casino. She was sitting there gambling, and I walked into the bathroom. I walked out, and I felt like the Lord prompted me, and he said, hey, go talk to that lady. I'm like, really? Okay. So I go and talk to this woman, and I said, hey, how's your day going? And she said, oh, it's fine. And I said, Okay, great, have a good day. And I walked out of the gas station. I get nervous too all the time. And uh, then the Lord prompted me again. He's like, really, is that it? I'm like, no. Okay, fine, I'll go back in. This is gonna be the weirdest thing I could ever do. I walk back into this casino and I'm like, hey, um, I know I just talked to you, but I, I just felt like I needed to come back. Are, are you sure you're okay? 
She's like, no, I'm not. I'm having a horrible day. So can I, can I pray for you? She said, yes, please pray for my gambling addiction. I'm wasting my life. I don't know what to do. I begin to pray over here, tears pouring down her face. There's people like this all around you. We have to open our eyes, but it requires immediate obedience. It requires minute men and minute women for the gospel who will say yes to Jesus every time, no matter when, no matter who. Will we say yes? Will we say yes? What happens if we do? I think it's exciting. I think it's one of the greatest adventures. There's a college student named Sarah. She's actually sitting in this room. Hey, Sarah. Sorry, I'm going to talk about you. So uh, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah's had a lot of suffering in her life, time after time after time. Uh, when she was in first grade, her grandmother died of cancer. When she was in fifth grade, her grandfather died of cancer. In the same season, her dog died of cancer. In the same season, her aunt and her father were diagnosed with cancer. Man, imagine. Then her freshman year came along, and she said, I need to give my life to Christ. She gave her life to Jesus and believed in him, and loss still faced her, but this time was different. Then another grandfather died, and a four-year-old child who she invested her life in had all died of cancer. This time, though, she wasn't without hope. She said, I need to do something. God is leading me to do something in these situations. This is her quote she could tell you later. It's funny having you sit here. She said, God began prompting me to follow his leading. I couldn't sit around and wait. So I said yes. I started making personalized what I call bags of love for cancer patients all over the city to share the love of Jesus with them. I realized you have to be willing to say yes to Jesus. And God began to take her pain and to give it purpose because she said yes to Jesus. She's just a college student. You don't have to be that old. You don't have to have all these qualifications. She started a nonprofit in a city called Anchor of Love, has received grants, and is continuing this mission to share the love of Jesus in practical ways. She discovered her greatest pur purpose and fulfillment comes through immediate obedience to Jesus. Time and time and time again. Maybe you're sitting here today as a student saying, oh no, when I go home, or maybe you're sitting here saying, man, but if you knew my past life, I've messed up too many times. How, how can I do this? I'm too unworthy. I'm too imperfect. I don't know enough, and there's good news for you. God makes wise the simple. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good verse. And he chooses the foolish things to shame the wise. I don't know about you, but I need that. Amen? Hey, don't laugh at that. Come on, what do you say, man? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we need that. That's great news for us. John Mark messed up. He fled the mission, but he had a restored purpose. Simon, Peter, and Andrew were simply fishermen. They didn't know that much. Acts 4.13 says they were unschooled, untrained, ordinary men. But they'd been with Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives us the power to obey. Don't look at yourself. Don't look inward. Look upward at Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he's the one who got to the garden at the end of his life, and he began to pray, Lord, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done, whatever it takes. And then he went forth to the cross, and the scripture says that Jesus humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus has gone before us with immediate obedience. He, I believe he showed us what a minute man or a minute woman lifestyle can look like. 
He became obedient to death on the cross, and on that cross, he took our failures, he took our imperfections so that we could live free and full lives for his kingdom cause. Because of his love for us, we become minute men and minute women for the gospel. The only question is, will you? Will you, when you go home, say yes to Jesus, not just on surge, but when you're alone without your team back home? You say, yeah, Jesus, I'll do do it again. I'll say yes again. The difficulty's coming, but I'll say yes again. Will we say yes to Jesus for big decisions, but also daily, time after time after time, small decisions? Is Jesus the one who has our ultimate yes every day, everywhere, with anyone? Lord, we praise you. I pray that we would give our yes to you time after time after time. Jesus, that we would be obedient to you immediately. There's urgency for your mission. People are without hope. Lord, I've seen too many people die here and around the world in front of my eyes thinking, Lord, did they hear the gospel? Can I tell them about you now? We don't know what tomorrow brings, but we know what today brings. Today is the day of salvation. So Lord, help us to say yes to you for us and yes to you for others who need the hope of the gospel. May we become laborers who love you with everything, who love others and bring your message up close to them day after day. In Jesus' name, amen. We are going to commission these students into all that God has for them. You might be wondering, what are these posters on the back wall? Uh, These are the callings that God has given each of these 10 lives. Like Gideon in Judges 6, he was living in fear, but God spoke to him, Gideon, mighty warrior. You might look at those and say, man, as a student, you wrote that. You might think, I'm not really there all the time, but this is who God is calling you to become, who God is launching you into, and your unique purpose to advance his kingdom wherever you go, whatever you do for the rest of your life. So each student's going to come up here, and we're going to commission them to become God's laborer who lives out this purpose in their life. So if you guys want to start coming, Michaela will help you come forward. Cole, I'm going to start with you first. Cole, we anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit and commission you to go and be God's kingdom laborer who is a fearless defender. Commissioning you to be a fearless defender, enthusiastic encourager, and passionate follower of Christ and loyal servant in God's kingdom so that more people can be led to Christ. Elliot. Yeah. Elliot, we anoint you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to go as God's seeking defender of the truth and the kingdom. To find truth and then boldly proclaim it and defend it and then protect the people who believe it so that more will come to Christ 
We commission you to do that as God's kingdom laborer. Kendall. We anoint you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to be God's still listener, to have a still heart, and listen in the waiting and uncomfortable times so that you can serve others while growing God's kingdom by giving others a chance to see the grace of God as His kingdom laborer. Elsie. We anoint you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to be God's ignited warrior, to create hearts on fire for Jesus, proclaiming Him to all people in all nations so that a wildfire of Christ followers spreads to the ends of the earth as you going forth as God's kingdom laborer. Jonathan. Anoint you, in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, to be God's kingdom laborer, a comfort bringer, to validate people's humanity through creative storytelling and bringing comfort in the process of building bridges between divided peoples. We commission you to do that and to utilize your passions so that people can be made inspired laborers and Christ can be glorified. Fallon. We anoint you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to be God's intentional seeker, a kingdom laborer who seeks people from all nations and boldly proclaims the compassionate love of Jesus so that they can go and share that same love to others who do not know Him yet. Nick. We anoint you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit as His worshipful heart to go as a kingdom laborer, to know God and make Him known among the nations and among the youth so that the world would be ignited with a passion for Him. Nathan or Pav. We anoint you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to go as God's worshiper, commissioned as His laborer to influence, coach, and exhort others so that people from all nations join in passionately, passionately worshiping Jesus. Ivy. Hey. We anoint you in the name of the Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to be God's strong warrior, commissioned as a laborer, to be a strong leader, to show others that the details matter and what consistent love is, so that 
you as a warrior can help them fight their battles and stay strong in the Lord. Sarah. We anoint you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to be God's beekeeper and commission you as a laborer to nurture those who sting so that they may be calmed by the Spirit and encounter Jesus, to become workers, pollinate others, and bloom and grow in Jesus. Man. I am so excited to see what the Lord does as each of these young lives are launched into these God-given purposes. We didn't tell them these things. You think we're that creative? We can come up with all these names? <laughs> Not a chance. No, they went and spent time with Jesus, the one who will be with them to the end, no matter what comes. And he began to birth these passions, these desires, these things within their hearts and their lives. And he's going to be the one who helps them carry these things to completion day by day moment by moment, no matter what comes at them. Each of you students are walking away with a rock in your bag. You kind of felt heavy, like, what's in there? Well, we got you some books and some resources to help you, but you have a rock with your name written on it. And uh, Joshua, they set up stones of remembrance to remember what God has done. You might set this up somewhere where you can see it. So when a hard day comes, when difficulty comes against you, you can say, man, I remember what God has done. I remember what he says. I remember who he says that I am and what he's called me to do. And then you can keep coming back to that. Keep this stone of remembrance to keep you focused on what Jesus has for your life. We're going to be wrapping up with a final prayer over this entire team uh, before we have our lunch to celebrate afterward. I want to say just a couple things. We're we're in we're in good shape schedule wise. Um, lunch is being served at eleven thirty. Um, I just uh, want you to know that the oil that that Charlie just used um, it was an alumni, fellow alumni of yours who was trained who said I, I I want you guys to have oil from Israel and ordered Israeli uh, uh, founded oil for you to be set apart. We take so seriously your lives. Um, I can remember, I almost had a hard time taking myself seriously at 15 when, like, like you, I stepped out of my comfort zone to do something in a summer. And I wondered what other people thought of me. Like, do they think I'm a world changer? <laughs> I wasn't even sure I thought I was a world changer. Um, but here's how it goes, you guys. What, what you heard this wonderful challenge you take your, like, I love this concept of immediately as minute men, minute women. You do the next thing. You take the next step. Scripture says the steps of good people are ordered by the Lord. And so it's to help over here. It's to do this, to just love him in this moment, to, to carry him into this space and place where others haven't carried him into, whether that's your school or your workplace, driving and praying as you go. Um, I would never have imagined at 15 doing the life that I've, I've done. It was just that summer was the first step, and then there were lots of other steps. And there were 
some hard steps to take and some steps that were not expected that were like super hard. So a couple things before I pray, I want you to know that we're here for you. You got lots of cool people who are available for you as well, but we're, we're not done with you if you're not done with us. You can call us to pray. You can come. Uh, uh, you can jot us a text like, oh, my word, I'm in something right now. And we're, we're here for you. We exist for you. As do other people who have come and they pray like crazy and they love you. Um, hold on to some of the things that you have. Some of you have made notes. You'll want to come back to those notes. I kept my son's stone of remembrance when he hit a moment where he wasn't sure, Dad, I don't know if this is really me. This I am who he says I am. And I thought, I'm just going to hold on to this rock. I'm going to hold on to this stone. And he and I had a conversation later when he'd gotten around that hurdle. And I said, this really is who you are. This really is who you are. Um, we're proud of you. Sarah, I'm proud of you. So proud of you. Nick, so proud of the steps that you took of obedience. Elsie, you are just you are just a bright light. And you've taken some of you making choices and decisions, letting others lead. I can remember as a leader those moments. Those are all of those are are parts of your walk. Kendall. Um, the way that you, I, I love that you feel moments, you know, like you feel your way forward and, and God gets you. He knows you. And I, I love how you're walking this journey. Jonathan, so proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of the visions God's giving to you and the way you guys are owning them. Nathan, um, you, you and like when you took the garbage out the other night at my house, like you'll never know. I, I've, I've re- I've recalled that seven times. Like I just said, no, you don't need to do that. You, you've just, yes, I'm doing that. A labor, some of you have said, what is a labor? It's a labor gets things done, all kinds of things. Jesus got down on his hands and feet and washed dirty feet that needed washed. He held kids that needed loved. He did things others wouldn't do. He touched somebody nobody else would touch, a leper. He sat with somebody nobody else would sit with. Fallon, when you've experienced this this kind of cool like oh man god there's so many people who just deserve to know what a relationship with you would be like and i i want you to know that ivy you make me stand taller when i stand near you you just you call me to just stand tall i love the way you're living into the fullness of who god made you to be wow so many cool days ahead for you Cole, you've learned a gazillion lessons. Like, you know, I, I'm, you might have the longest flight home to, to, if you don't sleep the whole flight, just kind of go down. Thank God for all these things he's been teaching you. So many great things. You were meant to be here. Elliot, I'm so excited about your future. I'm excited about your present. You've taken a lot of steps in this. And I think God's just going to like, you're going to have all these little microbursts that are ahead of you of God just going, wow, what about this idea? You know, you come from a creative family, but you are your own entrepreneur. Like, God's got so many wild, beautiful things. We're praying for you. We believe in you. And I just wanted you to know that we're behind you. We take you seriously. Jesus looked at a small group about your size as a group, and he believed the world would one day know who he was and be changed. 
we don't think small thoughts when we think about you. Um, so what I'd like you to do is come back to these chairs, if you would, because um, I'm going to ask the room to uh, I'm gonna push them forward just a little bit here if we can. Yeah. I thought maybe they were connected. Yep. Thank you. You guys know what's happening here. So we're going to, and those of you who are watching online, you can participate too. I've, I've done a lot of praying from a distance. You know, God hears and he's, you know, he's able to answer prayer halfway around the world. So, but I, I want to um, encourage, um, first I want, um, if you're a parent or a grandparent, would you like to get near your student and just stand behind them with maybe your hands on their shoulder? Some of these, though, don't have a parent or a family member here. So I'm going to ask some, some of you, once parents and family get a chance to be near your student um, and just stand behind them because you are behind them. These are people who are behind you. Now, now you're noticing uh, as family members are getting there, Eventually, there are going to be some, they don't have family that were able to make the trip. So I'm going to ask some of you who are spiritual family to either get in front of them or get near them. But I want every student to at least have one or two people near them. Uh, if you can get near some students here, uh, those of you who are in the room, particularly staff, I want to make sure that everybody has somebody who's two or three people who are around them. Scripture teaches us in the book of Acts that when they started moving out, they didn't move alone. They had people, they would go in twos. Jesus sent the 70 out in twos. And in the book of Acts, you see them starting to do the things that, that were the works, that were prepared in advance for them to do. Jesus told them, greater things than I've done, you're going to do. You're going to go places my feet haven't gone yet. You're going you're gonna to do things I haven't done yet. I've gotten this started and you're going to carry it forward. So as you're carrying it forward, you're not alone. And on any given day when you feel alone, you're not really alone. Jesus told his disciples when he was going to have to go toward the cross, he said, you're all going to kind of go other directions while I'm walking this hard thing out. But trust me, I'm not alone. The Father's always with me. So you'll never be alone. He's always with you. He's always with you. But I want this to be a reminder that we are with you. We believe in you. You're supported. So um, I'm going to kneel because um, that's a posture I like to take before God. Um, and I just want to pray a prayer of blessing and commissioning over your lives. I may eventually move to where you are to just be able to extend that to each one of you. So if I start moving, don't anybody get nervous, all right? Let's pray. Jesus, um, you've invited us, and so I say the words that you told us were the way to pray, our Father. I love that you're Elsie's father, and you're Jonathan's father. Our father, you're Kendall's father, and Nick's father. Father in heaven, you are Sarah's father. You're Ivy's father and Nathan's father, our father, Fallon's father, Elliot's father, Cole's father, our father in heaven. Wow, we are dazzled by you. Hallowed be your name. How awesome you are. How loving and giving and good and kind and 
tender and merciful, full of mercy, cutting us breaks left and right. Wow. Thank you for giving us Jesus, the way maker. And that we can see in him what it looks like. He gave us a YouTube model to follow. Like we can see. Sometimes he washed feet. Other times he helped people get food that needed food. Sometimes he helped with, with just sitting at a table because, as one of them said, just people need somebody to linger with them and be up close and near. Reconciliation happens there. So we pray in the name of Jesus that your kingdom rule and reign would come in each one of these hearts. In every area where you know they'd be better if, if, if they said yes in this category or yes in this category and no in this category and no in this category. Help your reign to come, your rule and reign, so they can walk in freedom, continued freedom, continued forgiveness, continued freedom and forgiveness, continued grace toward others. You don't treat us as our sins deserve, so we don't want to treat others as theirs deserve. Help us to forgive others as you forgive us. We want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And Lord, everything they need every day, some of them are going to need special gifts from you each day. Help them to have the wisdom they need and the courage they need and the boldness they need. And, and just to feel the surrounding presence of your love. God, I feel like for some, they're going to need to go back and um, rearrange their room. I know you told me to do that. Just go back to my room and, and rearrange it. Because my room needed to be about you. It needed to be about us. It needed to be about my future with you and how you wanted me to live into the fullness of who you made me to be. So I pray that for Cole and Elliot. And, and I pray it, Lord, for, for Fallon. And I pray it for Nathan and, and Ivy and Sarah and Nick and Kendall and Jonathan and, and Elsie. I pray that their rooms and every place they move, that it would they just ask you, like, what do you want this to look like? How do you want me to be at work? How do you want me to be at school? How do you want me to move among other people? And they just hear your whispers again and again. You said, Jesus, you were a shepherd and your sheep would know your voice. So thank you. They'll know your voice. And Lord, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill each one of them so full that they just have fun being who you made them to be. They enjoy the, the fullness of, of their uniqueness. And they, sometimes they'd even laugh about it like, wow, this is the way you made me to be. Thank you, God, that everything about them is unique. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. And I thank you that everything, Lord, from their, their ethnicity to their gender to, their, to the things that they've experienced in life, all of these things about them are so cool and so wonderful and that they would enjoy the fullness of your spirit awakening within them everything that was meant for good and not for harm. Thank you that you, you're the God who makes all things possible. And so when they hit a barricade in the road in a difficult time that you would bust through, you're the way maker. If you've busted through a Red Sea for Moses to get him and other people to the other side, you're going to know how to bust through situations where they're going to need you to be the way maker. Thank you that you are the way maker. You make impossible things possible. So help them to have all the faith they need to believe, whether it's to believe for a certain life that you've put in their heart or a certain school or their community or a certain family member. Lord, give them like incredible faith that would move mountains. We pray for their prayer life, Lord. Some of them, are, they're going to do bold stuff in prayer. 
uh, they're going to they're going to feel like you say, here's here's what I want us to do together. And they'll start first praying. Thank you for the gift of prayer. Jesus, you taught your disciples not to sing and speak. You taught them how to pray because you believed that they would change the world that way. For some of them, that's going to be one of the best ways they're going to serve going forward. Lord, keep them protected. Keep them safe. Keep them away from all harm. Uh, Just put guardian angels around them that will protect them. That they would walk into all the fullness of everything you have for them. Not to us, O Lord. We don't take any credit. Not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. We could go from this place just with tons of praise, Lord. If we'd have let them loose, they could have told us so many cool stuff you were doing day after day after day. But this is just the beginning of their story. This is just the beginning of their story. Wow, hallelujah. God, we celebrate, we brag on, we boast on you. And we pray that as they go from here to be what we would call kingdom laborers, like your laborers, you're the king, And everywhere is your kingdom. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We pray that you will show them each day how to to let their intimacy with you be their greatest gift to this world. Walk with you and talk with you. Just do life with you. And then as they walk out into doing things that you just, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? They would just discover the fullness of what it means and the joy. May their cup of joy overflow. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining this week's Fuel for the Harvest. We hope you have a great rest of your week. God bless.